We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, for you personally? I think we ain't done yet. All right, welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast. Proud part of Ramstalk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Rivera. Here's all with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we're kicking off our schedule preview today. Four straight weeks of breaking down the Ram schedule start to finish. It, it, it's a heat of July. How you doing? I'm, I'm excited to talk about these teams. Yeah, I mean, usually this time of year when Steve and I go through these uh, schedules, that's just generally a, a sign that the season's not too far away. So, I'm excited about this, too. It makes me hype for the season, and yeah, I I could use some football in my life right now. Absolutely. We're going to do the first four games of the season today. Uh, Simultaneously, the Rams open the season with the maybe the favorite for the Super Bowl, and then follow it up with maybe the favorite for the first pick. So... It's, it's an interesting schedule. Uh, any Anything you wanted to hit on Rams-wise this week, Johnny, before we get into it? Or should we just get right into it? It's still been uh, pretty quiet out there. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Uh, I, I think we uh, we can do um, Do We Give a Shit another time. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, okay, so we're going to hit the first four games of the season on this podcast, starting with... Thursday night football at SoFi Stadium, the first game of the year. This game is always held for the reigning Super Bowl champion, so it feels very cool to finally be playing in this one. Never really knew if I would see the day as an adult, but here we are, and the NFL did us a nice favor. They set us up with the Buffalo Bills, who currently, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, have the highest Super Bowl odds out of any team in the NFL, so that's great. Uh, send us off success right off the bat. The, the bills looking at their season last year, they only went 11 and six, but I think heading into the playoffs, a lot of people viewed this team as really a title favorite and they looked like it, um, in the playoffs, but unfortunately they ran into the chiefs in the second round. 
had a hell of a game, maybe the best game anyone had all playoffs um, in terms of just how entertaining it was. Ultimately lost in overtime, um, you know, because apparently unless you're Sean Payton, you cannot win a playoff game in overtime if you don't get the ball first. And they actually changed the rule after this game. So um, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today, but I'm just throwing that out there. So this is clearly a really good team. Um, they bring in Roger Saffold and Von Miller, two former Rams in the offseason, notable to us. We've talked a lot about the Von Miller signing. Uh, they also bring in uh, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones. Uh, they use their first pick on uh, Kair Elam. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, they get James Cook to show up their backfield in the second round. They lose Cole Beasley, but they they uh, they bring in Jamison Crowder to fill that void. I don't really see much of a difference in those players talent-wise. And there's not really any other major departures on this team. So essentially they're bringing they, – last year they had the best defense in the NFL on paper, uh, statistically at least. Not Maybe not on paper. Wrong word. Uh, and offensively they were near the top in, in most of the major categories. They, they bring back Josh Allen, of course. He's the anchor on this team. They have Stephon Diggs, Jadarius White. They have a lot of good players on this team. DraftKings has them at plus 600, as I said, the – favorite to win the Super Bowl for reference. We are plus 1,100, which is the fifth highest in the league. Are you buying the hype here? Do you think that this going into 2022 is the title favorite and the team to beat? The way I'm looking at it is I I think we're looking at a Super Bowl in the making right here. Uh, You know, these are two of the best teams in in the NFL. Um, Maybe uh, there could be other teams that challenge both teams, but at, at least with the Buffalo Bills, I, I don't think there's any more complete team in the NFL than the Bills. Um, so that's I, – I think you absolutely have to buy the idea of the Buffalo Bills being that good because really where uh, – try and find a position where you feel like they suffer. I, I – I dare you to find it. I, I can't I can't find it myself. Um, there might be positions that they're not as strong at as other positions, but um, this this is a wildly complete team, and and uh, I, I I think it's going to be a struggle for any team to go up against them, uh, including the Rams. Yeah, I think this clearly to me is the title favorite now that's not to say we can't beat them in week one i'll make our prediction in a minute um that's not to say that they're going to win the super bowl that's just saying like if i were to power rank the teams today i think i would have this team number one and i think genuinely we uh we owe that we should send the chiefs a fruit basket for taking them out of the playoffs because i feel like they would have beaten the bills in or they would have beaten the Bengals in the championship and i feel like they might have beaten us doesn't matter. Didn't happen. We're the champs. Too bad. But this team is is scary. And I think, like, you look at their offense, top to bottom, it's loaded. I mean, you can point a running back and say that's a weakness. But, A, Josh Allen's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league. And, B, Devin Singletary, who's, you know, uninspiring, is fine. It's not like they have nobody. I, I think uh, they took James Cook in the second round, which – you know, a little bit of a puzzling pick if you're going to go running back at that point because there's a lot of talent on the board. Uh, and they take a guy who seems to track as a pass-catching specialist more than anything. I'm surprised they didn't really add to that unit besides Cook, but I, I think that clearly they've gotten by with what they've had, and I don't think Devin Singletary is going to fall off. And ultimately, like I said, 
they're just loaded around him on offense. It doesn't even matter. They have Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league. Gabe Davis had a big breakout playoff game, and he should be pretty good as the number two guy. They bring in Saffold. Um, they bring in Mitch Morris. On, or I don't know if he's been there. I'm reading the depth chart wrong. They bring in Saffold on the offensive line to shore that up, an already good unit. Uh, and on defense, they bring in Von Miller to add to a loaded defense already, led by Tretarius White. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. I, it's like they're almost not that interesting to talk about because like that we they're gonna win a shitload of games. They're probably gonna win the AFC East, and then it's like it's one of the teams where it doesn't really matter what they do for the first eighteen weeks of the season as long as they win eleven games, and I'm sure they will, and they'll be in the playoffs, and that's kind of where it is. Then they need to put up or shut up there. Um, this has been a team that's been, I believe, in the playoffs for the last five years under Sean McDermott. Uh, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. And so this is the January football team. It doesn't really matter what they do as long as they win enough games to get to the playoffs. For sure. And, and that's, that's kind of the name of the game there. It's, it's, um, it's going to be difficult to find any way to exploit them because um, especially on the offensive side of the football for the Rams, obviously their specialty is through the air but this is among one of the better secondaries in the league. And then on top of that, you know, can they run the ball on the ground? And I highly doubt it considering that they have one of the better defenses overall. So it's, it's going to be a a big test for this defense um, to see if they can contain Josh Allen and, and, you know, the kind of an underrated offense, if you ask me and, and uh, personally, I do like their running game. I know they're kind of more um, known for, you know, throwing the ball through the air. And, and uh, you know, as far as on the ground, maybe they're not a household name, but uh, I, I kind of like the uh, the ground game of Singletary. And, uh, um, you know, we'll see what Cooks does. Um, they signed Duke Johnson, too, uh, who could be useful. They still have Zach Moss, who I don't think will ever be useful. No, I, I'm pretty sure Moss's time is. It, it wouldn't surprise me honestly if they end up just cutting Moss and in <laughs> like the last round of cuts in the in the off season. Uh, just yeah. it, it it really wouldn't because uh, I mean this was a guy that was kind of a healthy scratch from time to time, which is weird coming from a team that you know doesn't have like the most glamorous ground game. But uh, it's kind of a shame to see Moss kind of become that kind of player where he's a healthy scratch. But hopefully he can find, you know, a job elsewhere. And uh, maybe it's just not the right situation for him. Though if he can't succeed on the Bills, I'm not sure if there are many other teams he can succeed on. Yeah, it's – yeah, I I hope he turns it around. I root for almost everybody in the league, uh, but I'm not. Especially your boy Jared Cook. Not him, <laughs> and not some other players uh, for different various reasons, but I have no issue with Zach Moss. The The last time we played the Bills, uh, one of the craziest games of the Sean McVay era, the Rams quickly got down to a 28-3 deficit, uh, and luckily for them, even though this was on the road, the, the attendance of the game was zero people because it was September 2020. And they used that to their advantage, and it came back because there was no home field advantage in this game. Uh, I believe they scored, what, uh, 31 unanswered points or 
whatever, the 29 unanswered points, actually took the lead with uh, four minutes left, and then Josh Allen finally figured his shit out and uh, led them to a heartbreaking um, a heartbreaking touchdown drive. This game, That game, I would say, one of the few moral victories the Rams have had during the Sean McVay era. Uh, because when the team's good, you don't really get moral victories. And I would say that was because previous Rams teams, especially after coming off 2019, would have just folded up and died in that game. And it did feel good to come back, but would have rather won it, obviously. Yeah, that that was that was truly a heartbreaker, man. I you you just saw them come back from like such a devastating deficit and and then, you know, they they come back and you think, "Wow, the Rams may actually win this game only to get pierced in the heart from a Josh Allen touchdown." That that just man, there, there's no other demoralizing loss there. I know it's kind of a moral victory in a way, but Man, the fact that they had it, 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 it was just, yeah, that, that one still stings a little. Yeah. One of the, uh, I would say one of the better Jared Goff games of the post-2018 um, era. Not that that's saying much. Let's let's get to the prediction, though. Um, so it's an interesting one. Obviously, they had our number last time. I would say they're a better team, but when you're as good as the Rams are, it does like it doesn't really matter. We're on the same tier. They're just a little better. And I just heading into SoFi. I think the place is going to be rocking. They're defending their title. It's going to be amped up. I actually think we win this game. I'm taking the Rams 34-31 in a shootout. Would not shock me if they lose. Nobody should be concerned at all if they lose this game. Even if they get blown out, I'm going to say, like, I don't – it doesn't matter. We move on to the next one. This is a really good team. But I actually think they'll pull this one out. Uh, I'm a a believer that they'll come in hot week one uh, and be ready to roll. There's no, like – there's no bad blood, like, personal animosity in this game. Maybe with Von Miller, which, if anything, would go in our favor. And so, uh, I don't know. There's some game – I'm not going to pick the Rams to go undefeated in this exercise, but I do think they'll win this one. What about you? Uh, you know, I, I do think that it's going to be a very close game, and I think the Rams are going to give the Bills a run for their money, especially coming off the Super Bowl high. Playing in SoFi might help a little bit, but let's face it, Bills Mafia travels really well. Um, that being said, I I got to roll with the Bills on this one. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the Rams may be better down the line, but... Uh, as of this moment, I, I think the Bills kind of edge them here and just, you know, get a narrow victory. I'm going to say 34-28. Um, it, it may be another Josh Allen down uh, down the field uh, finish, which I, I would hate it, but it wouldn't be the end of the world to start 0-1 against the Bills. Nah, yeah, I, if as long as we come out of this game healthy. Uh, I'm not really going to sweat the outcome, but obviously you feel really good about a win. And yeah, I'm not, this is just go either way. I, I just think at home, I know the bills travel well, but uh, I think since it's week one and these tickets ain't going to be cheap, I think we will fill it out. Hopefully, hopefully we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move on uh, to the other end of the spectrum in the league. Week two, the NFL gave us another home home game on a nice 10-day rest against it. The Atlanta Falcons. The last time we played the Falcons, Johnny, uh, it, that was in London, right? It might have been. I, I don't recall, but I I know it was a it was a very boring game. It was a it was an absolute slaughter. Uh, the the Rams laid waste to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm trying to figure out if this game was in London. Um. Uh, no, no, it was in Atlanta. So even worse. Uh, I think I'm thinking of the Bengals game. Even worse for the the Falcons, the Rams beat them thirty seven to ten. Before that, dating back to two thousand four, the Falcons had won seven of eight games against the Rams, including two playoff wins, notably in uh, twenty seventeen, the infamous fumble game. And before that, the Rams won seven straight against the Falcons. And before that, the Falcons won four straight against the Rams. So historically, this has been a very streaky relationship between these two teams the Falcons just had their run it looks like we are about to enter our run uh we used to be in the same division so we play each other a lot more obviously we play the Falcons a little less now but uh, it's a pretty streaky relationship but I think we could safely say that the tide has turned back to the Rams uh I, I think we know where we're going this prediction wise but let's talk about the Falcons a little bit they finished seven and ten last year uh, it was Matt Ryan's final year in Atlanta they have Arthur Smith, the head coach. Theoretically, he seems to pan like he will pan out as a good coach, but uh, they are trotting out truly one of the worst and most uninspiring depth charts I've ever seen. Uh, Marcus Mariota is their guy at quarterback. Uh, they drafted Drake London at receiver, but behind him, it is just like I, I, I think uh, Ben Skoranek might be a starter if you put him on this team. Um, they have Kyle Pitts, who's basically a wide receiver, and is. I would say one of the most promising talents in the entire league, but it is just disgusting around him on the rest of the team. They have Cordero Patterson at running back who played pretty well last year, but it's like a 30 year old converted wide receiver. And so, you know, it's not gonna be their future and he doesn't really line up with the team's timetable. They're plus 20,000 to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's the second lowest odds in the league behind Houston. Uh, but I will say this, Johnny, they opened the season with the saints Rams, Seahawks, and Browns. And so, uh, uh, assuming Deshaun Watson is not playing in that Browns game, there is a little fool's gold potential with this team to start out hot. Um, if they are well coached, if they could get it together, I don't know if they will. And if they start out like 1-3 and 0-4, oh they are truly just trash. Uh, I mean, do you see any, like, any hope for the Falcons in 2022? Out of all the teams in the league, they might be the one that would surprise me the most if they made the playoffs. 
Uh, no, there is absolutely zero hope for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, about the o- the only player, in my opinion, that the Falcons, you know, you you really have a big threat on is is Kyle Pitts. Uh, but beyond that, is there really anybody else that's all that threatening? I wouldn't say so. I mean, I guess you shouldn't overlook Cordell Patterson because uh, he can be, you know, someone uh, that can be threatening, you know, if he gets uh, gets a rhythm going. But beyond that, like, it, the whole offseason for the Falcons was just like a head-scratcher. I know they attempted to bring in Watson. Maybe it was a good thing that they didn't end up with Watson. Um, but, you know, even from one – for the guy they drafted, they drafted Drake London, who – I think we'll be a good wide receiver, but considering the other options available, it was just like a head scratcher to me. I, I don't understand why they don't end up with Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. Either one of those guys would have been fantastic, but. Uh, yeah, you're, you're brewing showing Johnny. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, hating on Drake London because I think Drake London will be good, but I think Wilson or Olave is so much better to be honest. And, and really there's a, a lot of other guys I would have selected before London, but Hey, you know, maybe he's a system guy that, uh, you know, the Falcons see or foresee in the future being a, a huge part of their offense, in which case, hell I'll, I'll eat crow for that. But, uh, until then, like right now, the, the entire team really is none the threatening, you know, especially compared to, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills that the Rams play against. And, you know, especially if they end up with a loss, you know, the Rams are going to be pissed off and wanting to just seek retribution, uh, considering it ends up in a loss uh, in week one. So, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I think we all know where this is going. Yeah, I, I will say, like, I think the Falcons are making smart moves, Um you know, this is this was going to be a lost season, no matter what, with or without Matt Ryan, uh, and so it's they ha- they didn't put out a bunch, a couple of bad contracts to not good players like Jacksonville did. Um, I, I mean, you know, you got me there. <laughs> whether or not London was the right pick, I mean, if they if that was their guy at receiver, it's a smart move to grab a receiver and get him next to Kyle Pitts for your next quarterback, who I don't think is currently on the roster. Uh, they're going to be bad. And to put in perspective, like they did win seven games last year, but their point differential was minus 146. Um, <laughs> the Panthers were minus 100, and they won two less games. The Vikings, who won eight games, which is only one more than the Falcons, were minus one. And so they were just truly like they, their win total didn't reflect how not good they were last year. Uh I can't believe they won seven games. Yeah, I, I'm going. It's amazing to me too. Crazy. Yeah, they're like they're. So they were um, the only team with a worse point differential in the NFC was the Giants, who are one minus one fifty eight. The Lions were minus one forty two, and they won three games. And so, wow. like that kind of shows that like the Lions were better than their record, even though it's a horrible point differential. Uh, the Lions were a little better than the record, and the Falcons were worse than their record and so i i think the lions will be a better team this year i'm going 37 to 10 here i think this is a blowout and like you said especially if they lose week one what about you yeah i i there's no there's no universe where the falcons win this game but then again i said the same thing when the 
you know, Rams played the Jets, you know, a few years <laughs> back. So, so uh, <laughs> maybe I should watch what I say here. But, <laughs> but no, I, I don't foresee uh, the the Rams, you know, just outright having a horrible game like that. And I think the Rams win this. Uh, I think it's just going to be a sad game. I think it's going to be a thirty-five to seventeen. Hey, I, I am happy with with a blowout, man. That, that'd be delightful. All right. Yeah. I, I may have to go to that game just to see uh, just see the blowout, man. It, it, it might be fun to see it in person. Yeah, tickets will probably be cheap, and like yep. you know, I, you'd rather see a good game, but like most of all, you want to see the team win. So why not? Um, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals in week three Rams first row game of the season, back-to-back row games against NFC West opponents here, which we're going to talk about. So the Cardinals, uh, they went 11 and six last year. They made the playoffs for the first time since 2015 on paper. Sounds like a rousing success for a season. And I would say overall it was a successful season, but, uh, you have to factor in here that the Cardinals started seven and zero look like a absolute force to be reckoned with. And then it, things just flipped. They ended the season four and six, uh, including losing four of their fast f- last five games. They, they limped into the playoffs. Uh, and I remember my, my brother is a Cowboys fan and he was like, thank God. Uh, I didn't want to play the Cardinals in the first round. You guys can take them. We'll play the 49ers. I was like, okay, buddy. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching NFC West football for the last five weeks, but I will happily take the Cardinals. I think we both predicted blowouts, in our uh, pregame podcast before this, maybe not blowouts, but we were both extremely confident, even though the Rams also limped into the playoffs, that they would not lose the Cardinals. And uh, they just absolutely wrecked the Cardinals, 34-11. to 11. Kyler Murray put on one of the worst playoff games uh, in recent memory. And so now it's not looking as good for the Cardinals, even though it was their best season in the last five years. Um they lose a couple guys, uh, like they lose Christian Kirk, but they do bring in Hollywood Brown, although they trade their first-round pick for him. Did you think that was a good or bad move for the Cardinals? I'm I'm kind of indifferent about it. Uh, obviously, Hopkins is suspended, but I think Hollywood's good. I don't know if he's worth the first and then a huge contract, but like, I, it's not, I wouldn't say it was a bad move. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that one as well. Like, I... I do feel you almost have to make this move, um, which I'll get into in just a second. But the the thing is, Hollywood Brown, I feel like, is is underrated. I don't think he was getting the um, – he, he wasn't living up to his potential out there, um, especially because, let's face it, the the Ravens are a run-first team. I, you know, it, it's just how it is. Even with, like, all the <laughs> injuries on that ground game, uh, you know, basically with Lamar Jackson, they're they're a run first team. Uh, <laughs> and that being said, I I think that we haven't even seen the best of Hollywood Brown, so that that's a plus for for the Cardinals. Was he worth a first round pick? Debatable. I I would say no, but kind of pairing him with DeAndre Hopkins who will eventually join the team um, pairing him with DeAndre Hopkins will be great. But um, I, I ultimately think because of uh, D hop suspension, it, it's um, I forget what he was suspended for. Uh, yeah, illegal substance, 
Oh, there you um, go. I think it was one of those cases where he claimed he didn't know he was taking it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but some kind of PEDs. Yeah, well, there you go. So um, I, I think because of that suspension, this this move happens. Uh, because, you know, being without D-Hop for a while, even though he, he wasn't the same D-Hop we had seen in recent years, um, you know, just uh, having uh, just having him out there for um, for any stretch of time, you know, to take care of of uh, his absence, I think is going to make all the difference. Yeah, and he's good. Like if they traded a second round pick, I would have said great trade uh, first. And so it's the it's 30 pick difference. You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, and like you said, Hopkins is out and. While there are some good players in this receiving core, um, you know, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, they're still there, even though they lost Christian Kirk. When you, you're in the situation you're in with Kyler Murray, where you're at odds on a contract extension, and you really, like, he's obviously going to play this year. He's not going to hold out, but there is some animosity between the two sides there. You need to find out if this is a guy that you want to invest, because you know, like, he's obviously good enough to invest in. But he's good, to, and he's young and good to the point where you're going to have to invest a shitload of money into him. And so you should, yeah, be putting as good of a unit around him on offense as you can to just make sure, hey, this is the investment we want to make. Um, because with, with a guy like Kyler, it's not like Baker, where like if, if he plays this year and you don't think he's your guy, there will be a very solid trade market for him unless it goes really really fucking bad and so you can move on if you want i don't think so. like i think he's gonna have a good year and i think they're gonna extend him but um yeah i think it's, i think it's the right move um they lose a decent amount of guys on defense obviously chandler jones is a gigantic loss for them they also lose jordan hicks jordan phillips uh on offense we mentioned christian kirk they lose chase Edmonds, but uh they obviously bring in Hollywood brown Zach Ertz is back. I, I think they did enough there. J- James Connors back. That offense is going to be good. Um, I mean, do you have any thoughts on the like the Kyler situation? Like, there's a lot of drama there, but I don't think it's going to really affect them. Like, I think he'll just be back and and be normal. But I don't know what what's your what's your read on Kyler right now? How how in on Kyler Murray are you? I think if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you absolutely want to sit down and talk to him and uh, make him your franchise quarterback. Uh, because the way I see it is, what is your other option? You know, um, do you risk losing, you know, uh, Murray and then hope that, you know, what you're going to draft another quarterback? You know, that that doesn't seem like the right approach, especially considering this team is a few uh, uh, a good, a few good players away from being a, a from being an, an appropriate contender. And if you take Kyler Murray away, you know you're you're essentially starting back from square one again. So, um, I kind of agree with you, Steve. I, I think that he does play in 2022. Uh, I doubt there'll be a contract done in time, but um, I think he plays, and I think he, you know. Uh, plays with the chip on his shoulder and just raises that price up. Um, so I think he he's gonna he's gonna be himself out there, you know. Um, because quite frankly, I I think that he is a top ten quarterback. Um, I don't think that's controversial to say at all. 
and you know just pay the man you know I, if i'm in the cardinals position that's absolutely what i want to do he's a top 10 quarterback so yeah he probably is um and i think if you're ranking the quarterbacks based on their value like as an asset he's easily top 10 maybe top five um yeah he's probably top 10 um and so yeah i think he he, they picked up his fifth year option but he's not playing on that uh after this season he's either getting extended or he's he should hold out because i would if i were him he's he's proven enough to earn that contract worse guys have gotten that contract and so yeah i i think they what you say kirk cousins I did. <laughs> yeah, I I think they got to figure it out. I, I'm gonna rank, rank the quarterbacks later and see if I think he's top ten because it's close. He's certainly near the top ten, and like I said, like he's a better asset than guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, even though they're gonna be ranked ahead of him in that list. Even let's be honest, he's a better asset than Stafford, even though I think Stafford's a better quarterback. Um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is is Cliff Kingsbury's seat hot? Do you think he has, he's on a hot seat? Absolutely. There's no question. I, I think as a franchise, if you're looking at Cliff Kingsbury, you're seeing that they had a, an awesome team built around him. And while I'm sure he had some part in assembling this you know, team, especially last year, you, you can't sit here and say that Kingsbury has done a good enough job to not be in the hot seat. Um, you know, they are in a good position. I, I will give them that. But, I mean, I, I think if you put a better coach there, the Cardinals get much further than they did last year. And, or at least make it more competitive. Because at, at the end of it, the Rams just trounced them in the, in the playoffs. And that's not a good look for a franchise that, you know, started off so hot, you know, had a hell of a good team. And mind you, injuries are part of the game, but they just look pathetic out there. They made David Long look like look like an, a perennial pro bowler <laughs> out there, you know? It, it It's insane. So in 2019, the Cardinals started 3-3-1, which obviously isn't that great, but they finished 5-10-1. Uh, in 2020, they started 5-2, and and they finished 8-8. Eight 5-2 and eight. Five and two heading into the bye uh, ended the season eight and eight, which means they finished what three and six. And in 2021, they started out seven and zero. Oh. I think they went into the bye nine and two, and then they finished eleven and six. So they ended two and four, and then had a colossal uh, playoff meltdown. So yeah, I mean, I think I wouldn't say he gets fired if they lose in the first round, but if they follow the same exact trajectory as they have the last couple of years, which is start out hot. Um, and then just absolutely completely crumble near the end of the season and then get blown out of the playoffs. Yeah, he's got to go. Because like you said, this team is good, and you need someone to get the most out of Kyler, and he needs to prove that he can be that guy. Uh, and right now, I'm not so sure. Um, we got to talk about this team again, so I guess we could hold off on that 
for the next pod. So why don't you give me your prediction here? The Rams have absolutely owned the Cardinals under Sean McVay. They're 10 and one against them. The Cardinals got their first win over Sean McVay last year uh, in a pretty, pretty big statement game for them early in the season. And the statement just got rescinded as the games went on. And, uh, the Rams ended up winning the season series against them anyways. Do you expect more of the same in this game at Arizona in week three? I, I think that it's not wise to overlook any uh, NFC division rival. You know, I, I think uh, if you do that, you're asking for trouble. I know the NFC West in general isn't as strong as it has been in previous years, but still these these teams have been known to kill each other. So um, definitely not a good idea to overlook them. That being said, Sean McVay just owns the Cardinals and Cliff Queensberry. It's just, it's not even funny. It was other than that one game. Um, I feel like the Rams have just absolutely throttled them. And uh, I, I expect more of the same this time around because um, I don't feel like they have any method to really slow down the Rams offense. Like, I, I think the Cardinals offense will be fine and they'll do they'll do a solid job. But in the end, I don't think they have a way to stop the Rams offense, and that's gonna be the key to this game. So for me, I'm gonna give the Rams the victory here, uh thirty to twenty one. Yeah, I'm gonna go twenty seven twenty three. I'll give the Cardinals a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that they're not gonna come in here and get as embarrassed as they did in the last playoff game. They'll play with a little purpose. Uh, but I don't think they'll play with enough of it. So Rams 3-0 for me and moving into Monday Night Football Week 4 on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, We talked a lot about this team last year because we played them three times and they were three games that were worth talking about. Uh, Last year they started out 3-5 but finished the year on a 7-2 run, 9-3 if you count the playoffs. Absolutely just roared back. We're probably the hottest team in the conference going into the playoffs. Uh, looked like a they were going to be a tough out, and they were. They walk in. They upset Dallas. They upset Green Bay. They almost upset us, if you would even call it an upset. Um, but we pulled it out near the end to win the NFC Championship in a tough contest. And so they bring, they bring back... I would say more or less the same team. There were some big losses. DJ Jones, Lakin Tomlinson, Arden Key, uh, Raheem Mostert. But they they also add uh, Traverius Ward from the Chiefs at cornerback to a pretty, pretty large contract. And they come into the season shaping up to be one of the best teams in football. Again, they have plus 1,600 Super Bowl odds. So a little bit behind us, but seventh highest in the league. They're right behind us in odds of who's going to win the NFC West. We are the favorite at plus 125. The 49ers are plus 160. It's still a loaded team, uh, assuming that Debo is going to be there, which it seems like he will. We can talk about that on the next pod. Um, But the story of this team is going to be the quarterback. Last year, they traded for Trey Lance. I think I definitely predicted this. I don't know if you said it as well on the pods last year, but I did not think that Trey Lance was going to play last year uh, because Jimmy G was still on the roster. He did play a little when Jimmy was out, but they committed to Jimmy being the starter last year. He was a starter for better or worse all season. Uh, Trey Lance popped in. He, I would say his performances were pretty forgettable, but not in a negative way, if that makes sense. Like he played okay, uh, but I don't think there was really any indication in his games out there whether or not he's he's the guy but also no indication that he's not the guy either. And so Jimmy's still on the team. 
They haven't been able to trade him, um, but all signs point to Trey Lance as the guy. Um, so do you expect, Johnny, that Trey Lance will be the starter in week one, and are you buying that a Trey Lance-led 49ers team this season can be a contender? Uh, so to answer the first part of the question, will Trey Lance be the starter? I have no doubt in my mind. I feel like, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, with, with Jimmy G, he kind of basically voiced his opinion, how he wanted out. And I think that the 49ers lost out on, you know, getting any form of compensation for him unless they trade him for nothing at this point. Uh, they they put way too much value on it, considering the rumors were accurate. Uh, rumors suggested that they were asking for a first round pick for Jimmy G, which is hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how'd that go? <laughs> it didn't, and that's why he's still on the team. Uh, <laughs> you know, no disrespect to Jimmy G, because hell, he he's an NFL quarterback, and that's more than any of us can say about ourselves. So. No disrespect to the guy, but cons- all things considered, he he kind of you know made his own bet at the end of uh, the um, the post game interview where he basically felt like he was, uh, you know, he wasn't being treated fairly or blah blah blah, and you know that's that's not exactly something you want to say in a post game loss, you know, especially considering it wasn't a terrible loss. It wasn't a terrible um, – I, I mean, he ended up throwing a, a pick in the end to, to solidify the, the game. But at the same time, it's like, dude, just accept the defeat, keep your comments to yourself, and then, you know, hopefully you can request uh, request a trade, um, in which case the 49ers need to be a little bit more realistic. Otherwise, I think that Jimmy G is going to end up – on the bench, you know, maybe just being that disgruntled quarterback that, you know, the 49ers are just paying him just to be there. Uh, or if they want to, you know, cut him and, and I, I don't know what his contract is like, but I imagine he'll take some sor- sort of compensation from that cut. Uh, that being said, yeah, it, Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback. Can he be the quarterback that leads the 49ers to back to the promised land? I think that the 49ers are a good enough team to still be a big threat in the NFL. I don't think there's any question about that whatsoever. Their defense alone is is still very, very intimidating. Uh, but I think it's going to take still a few more years for Trey Lance to actually get into the NFL rhythm. Um, but kind of what's kind of going his way is the fact that he's a, a mobile quarterback. And that does add a, a sort of scary dimension to this offense who let's face it is, is a, a team that does very well on the ground. And, and, you know, if Debo's in there, which I imagine he will be um, Debo is someone that you got to watch out for, you know, it's not like he doesn't have assets there, but I think it's still going to be a lot of growing pains for a guy that is still very raw at the position. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the 49ers will still be good enough to get into the playoffs and may, maybe even make some traction in the playoffs. But do I think they're good enough to make the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know if I buy into that hype train just yet. 
they'll go as far as Trey Lance can take them because, like you said, like this is a hard situation to fuck up, um, and he'd have to come in there and be really bad for this team to not be a playoff team. Like he'd have exactly. to be horrible, or they have a ton of injuries, which they do almost every year. So that's <laughs> that is possible. But um, yeah, like he'd have to actively be contributing negatively to the team uh, for like this situation to go south. And if that happens, they might plug Jimmy Garoppolo back in there. And like you look at his, you look at Jimmy's contract. They could cut him and not eat a lot of money. They would eat, I think, one point five million. And I don't think they've done that because I think the main reason is they want to trade him because he does have value. And I think we talked about this with Baker. And now it's now that he's been traded, it's kind of transitioned to Jimmy G. If a quarterback gets injured in August on a contender, and they want to trade for a guy, this is the guy. Clearly, you know, I I am not a Jimmy G believer, and I think like this is going to sound like an insult, but he is the perfect backup quarterback. Like, it's going to sound like an insult, but like literally, this is a guy who, if your team is good, he will not throw you out of games almost ever. But if you need him to throw you into a game, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, he, you can, he's a system guy. Like you, you plug him into your system. He'll probably be able to do the baseline of what you need to win games. If everything goes well, and if things aren't going well, he's not a guy that's going to win you games, but he won't lose you games. And I think we saw how far that guy can take you last year, because when push came to shove in the NFC championship against the Rams, he didn't he didn't shove. He got pushed and they lost. And I think if it happened against the Packers, the same thing would have happened, but somehow uh they could not do a single fucking thing on offense and as a result, Jimmy didn't need to do anything. And so I, I think that was I think Shannon had seen enough. Uh he's gonna go to Trey Lance and we'll see how it goes. I, I don't really think it can be much worse. And if it is worse, Jimmy's still there. And, like, if they watch three games of Trey Lance and they haven't traded Jimmy yet, they might just go, okay, maybe this isn't it. Um, but I think he's going to be the guy. And I I, I'm, I don't know if I'm a Trey Lance believer yet, but I'm not, like, I'm not like someone who's going to sit here and say he's not it. Uh, I want to see him play um, with the offense really built around him instead of just stepping into Jimmy's role. We'll see how he does. Now... This is a team that has had our number in a giant way over the last couple of years. The NFC Championship broke a six-game winning streak for the 49ers against us. Uh, they had swept us three straight regular seasons, but we got the win when it mattered. But clearly Shanahan's got something on McVay here. Um, I do think that the 49ers make it 7 of 8 here. I think they take this game 17 to 13 in a slog because these games are always a fucking slog. Um, do I think they're the better team? No, but they do have our number. It's on the road. Uh, and when you do an exercise like this, you have to pick the Rams to lose some games. And so I'm going to chalk this one up to the Niners. Who are you going with here? Uh, I'm actually going to go the opposite way here. I, I think that the Rams end up uh, finding a solution here. Um, and I think the solution is just getting to Trey Lance uh, because – if he ends up the starting quarterback, which I think we both agreed will probably happen, I think it's going to take a bit before Trey Lance can, you know, really adapt to where he needs to be, or at least as good as he can be. And uh, that means there's going to be a few games, especially when you have a raging Aaron Donald coming at you. Uh, you know, that's that's something I think 
is going to be the biggest difference here. And uh, until Trey Lance gets the feel of the game, I, I don't think that um, the 49ers will be in a position to beat a team like the Rams. So in that regard, it's still going to be a tough game. They still have a damn good team. And I think the Rams end up with the victory here, 24-17. Okay, so we both got them 3-1 after four games. Look at us. just And we picked different <laughs> games to lose. Yeah, like it's going to be real interesting. Yeah, it makes it a little more interesting. Um, and we'll see. You know, when we get to week four, I'm probably not going to pick the 49ers on the pod unless things go bad. Uh, but when you're mapping out the entire season, like I cannot sit here and pick the Rams to go 17-0. and You got to pick some L's. And you already picked one in week one. Uh, okay, uh, we are about to record these back-to-back. So we're going to end this podcast and we'll get you the next one next week. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Ciro at Johnny Five Not Six at Talk Rams. We'll talk to you guys soon. How how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally, I think we ain't done yet. <laughs>